happy February, unapologetically educated listeners and subscribers. It has been a while since I've recorded, about three weeks. Um, I have been really trying to get this podcasting studio off the ground. And guess what? I am in a studio. So I'm super excited to be recording for the first time in a studio and not in my house. Like it was driving me crazy. My kids wouldn't be quiet. And sometimes the audio was off. And so I wanted to make sure I bring to you every week a quality um, project, something that you can listen to. You can vibe in your car, listen at work, and the sound quality was still um, high quality. So thank you for continuing to send me your feedback, your emails, your DMs about, hey, I'm missing your podcast. Where are you at? I was in the kitchen cooking, coming up with something awesome to bring to you. So it is February. It is Black History Month. It's President's Day. It is also um, Counselor's Week this week. If you did not know, go ahead and run out and, and start getting some gifts for your counselors. But this week is School Counselors Week. And so my um, purpose for this show is really to kind of unpack like the role of the school counselor. And then we're going to have a, some real talk um, topics and conversations about like what is the big deal with relationships and why are we still talking about why relationships are so important in schools and why people still don't get it. And so I have my girl, Jerice Johnson, who is going to be joining me on the show to talk about that. But um, again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and tuning in each week. The shows will start coming back to you again each week. And I wanted to give out some shout outs for the week. Shout out to Swabsby, which is the Southwest Alliance of Black school educators. Um, I presented there on this past weekend, well, on Saturday, and I enjoyed it to pieces. And I really spoke about how to brand yourself. And you will be surprised how everybody says they want to be a school leader or get a promotion or do the next big thing, but they're not out here branding themselves. And I know sometimes as educators, we think about um, branding ourselves as kind of like bragging. It is not bragging when you're promoting what makes you uniquely you, what makes you amazing. And so shout out again to Swabsby, shout out to uh, my A-team. I have the best A-team in the land and they always keep me grounded. And my last shout out is for my, one of my eighth grade uh, math middle school teachers, Mr. Johnson. So Mr. Johnson was gone to a training and we had a coverage kind of snafu. And if you're a school principal, you know, sometimes the subs just don't show up. And so here I am, math teacher at heart. I was like, I got Mr. Johnson's class. Y'all, I was tired as, lack of better words, hell. I needed a nap after I had dealt with those eighth graders. I did three class periods straight. And then after that, I was calling somebody like, hey, can y'all send somebody up here? So shout out to Mr. Johnson and all of the middle school teachers because I'm telling you, um, the the 
what we do as middle school leaders, but what we do as middle school teachers is something unheard of. Um, the hormones were wild. They were not rude or disruptive or anything. They just needed so much attention. And so I shout out Mr. Johnson for doing it every day and all of those fantastic teachers at East Middle School for doing it every day in any other middle school. Because I tell people all the time, you hardly ever see v movies and videos about middle school. People write Disney movies about elementary about high school but writing them about middle school it just doesn't really happen because the hormones are crazy in middle school so i thank all the educators out there that are doing it in the middle all right so when we come back from break i'm gonna have my girl jerice johnson counselor extraordinaire on the show and we're gonna kind of unpack like, why haven't we figured out this dilemma of building relationships with people? Like, why is this still a struggle building relationships? See you in a bit. And we're back from break. And I have my colleague, my friend, and kind of sort of mentor, our mentee, um, Jerice Johnson, she is on the show today. She is um, one of those counseling gurus uh, for school counseling, and I'm so honored to have her on the show. Number one, because it's School Counselors Week, and number two, because she's also working on becoming a school principal. So, Jerice, uh, Miss Johnson, and we're going to call her Jerice for today. We're going to be real informal with this thing. So, Jerice, tell them a little bit about yourself. Hello, good afternoon. Like Miss um, Hannibal said, my name is Therese. I've been a high school counselor for 10 years. Um, I taught third grade for eight years. And currently now, my position, I'm in central office for the last three years. That's where I have been. So counseling is definitely my first love, my passion. I do love counseling. I love helping counselors and training counselors. And so, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I'm happy about school counseling week this week as well. All right, so before we dive into the real talk topic, tell me a, the best counseling appreciation gift you got and the worst. Okay, <laughs> that's a good one. I would say the best counseling appreciation gift was to, uh, um, our principal at the time allowed us to leave, to leave early, not take any work home, and just pretty much, hey, go and enjoy the rest of your day. And so, of course, in education, we know time is very valuable, and we spend a lot of time at our campuses. And so that, in all, was the best gift that anyone could have given us because a lot of times we'll have opportunities to go away from campus, but then we have to always come back. Mm. And so by him allowing us that opportunity to say, hey, go enjoy the rest of your day. Don't come back to work. We'll see y'all the next day. That was very, oh, it was on a Friday, actually, so we, they saw us on Monday. And so that was, a, that was like the best gift ever. Um, I would say the worst gift would kind of be the um, gifts that are not thought through. They'll just say, um, they'll give you something and it'll just say like, um, go for the, shoot for the stars. And it's not anything personalized. It's not anything that <laughs> yes. is um, for you. It doesn't say anything about what you do. And so I would say that would definitely be the worst. <laughs> Okay, and I would have to agree with that. Um, it's not tailored to the work you do, right? Um, no, no. And then the other piece, I love the just leave. Um, so I'm definitely, if my counselors are listening one of these days or maybe multiple days, I'm putting you out of the building. I think, you know, you always try to think of like some grandiose thing to do, but people need more than anything the gift of time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so as we kind of transition into the real talk topic, 
I, I talked to Jerice earlier uh, today and I said, girl, I am so like tired of having this conversation about building relationships. So every ASC article or a magazine that I pick up and I've subscribed to those, but even in Ed Week, Edutopia, everybody's talking about in schools how to build relationships with teachers and students, but mainly, and parents, but mainly how to deal build relationships with students. And so this is old news. And so this has been out since like the Harry Wong first days of school book. And so why is building relationships, why can't we get it right? Like, I want to hear your feedback. Why can't we get building relationships with students right? I think sometimes that we just get away from the basics and everyone wants to find this long process or this long um, research topic on how to build relationships instead of us just going back to the just to the general basic, just to, I would just like to say to old school, you know, treating people how you treat yourself um, or how you would treat your, treat people how you would treat yourself, how you like to be treated yourself. I'm sorry. Um, and then just getting to know people, kind of having those active listening conversations. Um, everyone's so busy nowadays and everyone's just like come and go passing each other by and no one's really taking the time out to getting to know people, asking the important questions about their interests, their lives, their families, their children. But then also following back up on those things too. You know, I can sit here and ask you about it, but if I don't come back a week later and say, hey, you know, you told me your grandmother was in the hospital. How is she doing? Is she okay? Then that lets you know that I was really actively listening to what you were saying and I wasn't just coming and going and passing you by in the and we're just having chitter chatter in the hallway. So I think we're getting away from that and we're trying to find this, like I said, this complex topic when it's really just this simple. Stop Take the time out to sit down and talk to people, listen to what they're saying, and then follow back up. Be intentional about following back up on what they said, whether they say, you know, my cat died or my grandmother's in the hospital or, you know, today was really not a good day. Then coming back and circling back to say, you know what, last week you said it wasn't a good day. How's your week going this week? And it's those simple things that allow right. you to build those relationships with people. And it's just that simple. But I think we make it a little complex. Most definitely. Um, in the article that uh, my secretary has really gotten into this unapologetically educated thing. Shout out to Melissa Tony. She sends me articles like all the time. And I'm like, um, okay, I don't know if I'm going to get to this one, but thank you. But the one she sent me and how this all started, the article says, what if schools focused on improving relationships rather than test scores? And so the article was written by a teacher who left the profession because she was so distraught with this big focus on test scores. And then she came back to a school district where the focus was not on test scores. It was simply, all I want you to do is we're, we're our main centralized focus is building relationships. And the outcome was students still grew academically, still made achievement gains without the pressure of all we're going to talk about is the test. Yeah. And so I say that to say that's easier said than done, right? Right. <laughs> People make right. the assumption. And I, I mean, it started from, that superintendent was like, forget it. This is what um, I'm going to work on is relationships. And so it, it reminds me of I was facilitating conversations at Courageous Principles with Deloitte University last uh, weekend or two weekends ago. And the superintendent for a Mesquite ISD, um, Dr. V, he spoke about making sure that we choose character mm. over direct instruction. So he's not yeah. saying it's not important, but like character values, all of that value driven schools mm -hmm. are way more important than focusing on curriculum first. 
So if we focus on values and character first, then curriculum, our outcomes change drastically because we're building kids that we want to see as citizens, not just test, test takers. True. And I like um, I like that because what it's saying is we're kind of taking the we're going back again. It goes back to what I said earlier. The first thing I said was we're kind of going back to that old school way of thinking that we're bringing students in. We're showing them that we care. We're showing them that this is a safe place. And so everything else is going to fall into place. Yes, I do have to teach the curriculum and all of that. But if I can at least get that one layer taken care of where I'm showing you that this is a good place to be. You're in this safe spot and you're in this safe place. So now I'm building your confidence as well. And then now everything else is going to fall into play as far as you learning the lessons that you need to learn so we can go forward in the curriculum but we are missing that piece I think and I think the stresses as well as placed on teachers are kind of missing that whole piece to say let me talk to my kids just kind of informally real quick see what's going on do some temperature checks and then dive into whatever the lesson is for the day and so I think changing the the thinking of um, our teachers and as well as administrators and everyone I mm-hmm. think in the whole system to say because even when I think about a central office just taking care of the people in central office, like, hey, just stop and have that conversation with them about personal things. And then they're going to their work is going to improve, you know, drastically when they know that they've been valued and that they care about that they've been care- that they're that they care about that they are cared about through their um, leadership. Most definitely. So I think that um, I think, like I said, it's kind of the simplistic part that we kind of make a little um, complex. But just letting people know that we care about them. Um, I do agree with you on the article. Um, I, when you sent me the article, I was like, I love this article. Absolutely. Because one of the things the article did say was about students um, knowing who um, they know that they have this test driven curriculum and they can see like right through it. They're like, hey, you just up here teaching me this just so I can learn this. You don't really care about me as a person. Right. And I think that is so spot on from students. They, they're just looking at teachers as like little robots to teach this curriculum that they know they have to teach and not really caring about them, not coming to their games that they have games at the camp mm-hmm. or their theater productions. And so kind of getting to know them on a different level. And so students can see through that and they absolutely, students and people in whole can just see when people don't genuinely really care about them. So I think that is a piece that's missing. And I thought that was really, that was a really good point in the article um, that was written. No, I totally agree. It's so funny that you brought up attending students events. Um, I am a avid sports fan in general, but mainly going to watch my students play brings me so much joy. So our boys basketball team, it was a day and they did not get a lot of rebounds. So the next day I'm out there with them, like get on the box, like let's box. So let me show you how to box that. Like if I can, if you can't move me, then we got a problem. But like the, the funny part about it is I thought it was going to kind of make them feel some kind of way. They came, it was like, Miss Hannibal, you coming to my game next week? Miss Hannibal, I've been working on rebounding so something I thought that was so minute mattered so much to them and so that brings me to the point of being genuine in relationship building like yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, yes. And I kind of spoke when I said the students knowing who genuinely cares about them. And so, of course, the counselor and me all warm and fuzzy. That's one of the things that, you know, and every genuineness, I think, is a gift. I don't think everyone has it. Ooh. But at the same time, it's something that even if you can't, if you don't have the genuineness gift or the spirit, if you will, but just, again, letting people know that you care about them, kind of circling back to the information that they gave you to check up on them, do those little check-ins, will let them know that you care about them, even though you may not have this genuine gift when you come across it when you're speaking. And so I do believe in 
getting to know, you know, asking those questions. Okay, that's going to be the first layer of it. And then kind of remembering what they said and then being intentional about circling back to see them. And so even though you may not have this generous, this genuine gift, if you will, or this genuine spirit, but if you just follow those steps to say, okay, I'm going to ask the question, I'm going to remember what they told me, and then I'm going to circle back, you know, in a week or two and be like, hey, remember when you told me this? Then that does come across as it's a skill that you could right. develop like easily um, over, you know, over time. And then students, I mean, they don't know that you're not really genuine. Only the adults really know. I mean, well, I won't say that. But for the most part, the adults can pick it out quicker than the students. But if you're asking those things, you're asking, you're remembering, and then you're circling back, then it comes across like you are. And then students are like, okay, they really, he really does care about me or he really does care about me. And so now it's a skill that you've learned um, and you're able to implement to the students. So I love that nugget because I was just about to ask you, like, what happens when I am the teacher, the principal, um, whoever in the system, and you are not genuine and you don't know how to be in relationships? Maybe you're just not that person. How do you do it? And you said be very, be very intentional. Intentional. Ask the questions. Number one, the other part of that is listen. True. Listen, <laughs> so you can follow up and go yes. back to that person, right? And, and, yes. and check in on them. Because a lot of times we might say, hey, how's your day going? But we really don't care. It's just a part of the, the everyday True. rote process of going to work. But like really True. asking and like you said, doubling back, listening and then doubling back to make sure mm-hmm. whatever it is. I have a teacher that uh, really despises drinking water. And so somebody's going to hear this and like make her listen. But um, every now that I know, hey, have you had your water today? OK, I need you to see. I, I need to see you drink a bottle of water in front of me. It is just that important uh, as anything else because I know when she is not drinking that water I can tell the difference just because her energy is waning right so no I'm not going to push her to drink a gallon but she knows that during that school day she needs to get four bottles in because she's not an avid water drinker but it does improve health so being just that intentional with her and anyone else in your system so the next piece to this puzzle is what 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 role do school counselors play? I know what I think as the principal in creating this environment of relationship building. What role do school counselors play in this? I definitely think that the school counselor role is super major in the school. I, um, I like to consider the school counseling office as like a triage. I feel like it's this place where everyone can come. I'm talking about students parents as well as our teachers faculty and staff they come and this is it's a safe place and when they leave although we didn't help them solve their problems but at least we can point them in the right direction so we're not giving you the answer we're going to allow you to kind of go out there in the world if you will and figure out which route you need to take a b or c and so we're giving you the resources that you need to go and be successful or go into this and go into that but i definitely think that that office is that safe place for, and I think people sometimes don't understand that they just think it's this office that has um, students' schedules, schedule changes, um, students just coming in and out, and parents coming in and complaining and want to change schedules as well. And it's so much more to that office that we have teachers that come in. Their teachers are distressed. And so they come to this place because that's the place that's safe. And they let unleash and let go of what, you know, what should I do? I have this student that's doing this, and what can I do? And they're looking and seeking that advice. And so 
the counseling office, in my opinion, like I said, it's like a triage unit, if you will, to where we help everybody. Parents right. come in there. They don't know how to parent. They don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on with him or her. You know, I can't get him to do this. And so we're in there to help them and give them the resources they need so they can go out, hopefully, and be successful. And so that's where I think, that's how I look at the office. I know triage is probably not the best word for it. I like it because it, it's true. <laughs> Uh, my counselor secretary, she was running around in like a circle because the counselors were already out triaging and she was yeah. in there and she was triaging too. And I think yeah. like, I, I, I do like that because it means that we help anybody who comes through the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I do like the, the word triage. I say that to also say that you would be surprised the workload of the school counselor. So all of that that Jerese just said is so true. But then you got to think they do 504, schedule changes, master scheduling. They do, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, they actually do counseling on the side. So they might do counseling groups. They, you know, they do whatever because their job is the emotional health of the building. Um, if you don't have principals, if you don't have your school counselors on your A team, I think that unless your administrative team, I think that you are missing out on a valuable nugget in the conversations you need to have about your staff. And you can't talk about, once again, curriculum and instruction if you don't have someone in there that's going to talk about the social and emotional health of teachers and students. Um, so I beg of you, if you don't include them in that conversation, find a way to get them involved because they really are the emotional and, he- and mental health principles of the building. No, I definitely agree, Ms. Hannibal. And I like to, um, there's a counseling director in the DFW area that I super admire. And she talks about um, how now with everything changing with social emotional and how counselors are really equipped. Counselors, every counselor, you have to have a master's degree. They just changed last year, September 2019, where you cannot add a counseling certification if you already have, let's say, a principal certification. You now, as of September 2019, have to go and get a whole master's degree of 48 hours in the state of Texas. And so that has has been a game changer because in the past you could just go and add the certification as we can with anything else in the state of Texas but now they're saying no you know what because we are have so much on our plate with dealing with social and emotional and trying to um, basically triage everybody and everything you now need to get this master's degree that went from 36 to 48 hours and you now should be equipped to go out and be able to do those things so I definitely um I'm glad that the state of Texas has changed that and that people have fought to say, you know what, you can't just have, you know, this certification in X and now I'm just going to add counseling and now I'm just going to go be a school counselor because everyone's not made up to do it. And so I think that that's super important as well. It is. First of all, thank you for that information because I did not know. But I always thought that they had to do it that way. I didn't know that they could just add school counseling as an add on. You know, you it, used to be able to through the region service center. You used so to, much if sense. you had a master's, you could go and just add it. And now they said, nope, not yes. anymore. Now with counseling. And, yeah. you know, you're dealing with the mental health of people. Why would yep. we just allow that? But I mean, I don't get me started. That's a whole nother podcast <laughs> on. Ooh, that's a whole nother problem to stop right there because I just, I get emotional when I think about the art form of teaching and educating youth. Um, but not mm-hmm. only that, working with other adults and everybody just mm-hmm. ain't equipped 
nope. to do it. Like it is an yeah. art form. Everybody can't do this job. And no. people say, you know, the downfall, and I'm getting on my soapbox, the downfall of education is alternative certi- uh, certification. I'm an alternative alternative certification um, educator. Too. It has nothing to do with it. It's the passion to do the job. And some people just don't have it. And so whether you went and got a four-year degree or you went the alternative certification route, if you don't have the passion for it and you just thought that this was summer breaks and, you know, getting valid, you know, uh, President's Day off, you are sadly mistaken because any teacher will tell you you work through every break. And so any educator will tell you that. So that was my soapbox. I'm going to get on that one. That's a whole nother podcast because I've been, I've been seriously, I've been unpacking um, with other leaders the state, the country, the nation, the world is changing faster than we can equip new educators to be effective. Agreed. No, I definitely agree with you. And I myself am an alternative certification uh, girl, if you will. And so I, but I will say this, I learned the best things through AC, through the AC program with, you know, Dallas ISD. And I will say one of the things that I first learned, and I keep that with me everywhere I go, is you get to know everybody on that campus. You know everybody from the custodials to the cafeteria workers, and well, child nutrition, if you will, um, to the TAs, the teacher assistants, to everybody on that campus. Because, and this was as a teacher, you never know if the kids coming to you hungry or whatever. You need someone to unlock their door because they left the backpack in the room. So you building that relationship with those people. Now when you say, hey, can you open the door? Because, you know, my kid left, whatever. Now it's not as hard because you've already built that relationship. And right. so that kind of transfers over. It transferred with me into counseling. Same way. I needed to know who those people were on those campus, child nutrition, custodian, because the kids come to the counselor's office and they're asking, hey, miss, I left this, I left that, whatever. And so it's just very important getting to know everybody on your campus and at least one, speaking of people in the hallway, that's going to be the first part um, to it, but having those conversations. But knowing everyone, I, I met with the principal, and I'm, I'm going to kind of jump on the box a little quickly. And, and the principal had made a statement that that person had never met um, with um, the football coach. And so we're talking about the auxiliaries that sometimes bring students to your campus, right? Where we're talking about band, theaters, and all of those things. And how do you on a campus and you never had a conversation with this person who could potentially bring students to your campus? And so that, so when we talk about building relationships, you got to talk to everybody. I mean, everybody, because right. that affects every kid on your campus. So, no, you're, you're completely right. <laughs> um, I think. So our next thing, and I, I, I'm going to kind of go first and I'm going to let you piggyback, is talk, before we go on break, is talking about um, what are, what are it's Valentine's, it's February, it's Black History Month, it's President's Day, it's a plethora of other things that I can think about that happens. It's almost spring break, <laughs> a plethora of things that happen in February. But research tells us that teachers feel the most stress in the months of October and February. And I had uh, my girl Amber Team, and she's a principal in Wiley's ISD, on the show about a month ago, and we had this same discussion. And so I say that to say, in the past, I've always done something in October, and, you know, mm-hmm. I did something for Valentine's Day. Um, I mm-hmm. did something in December, but I had never really thought about the stress of what February brings for educators. And so this year I was very intentional in making sure that I did things to not only let them know that, hey, I love them and it's Valentine's Day, but like 
I know you're stressed. I see you. Here's some things to hopefully make you feel excited to come to work, help lighten your load. Some days you don't even have to bring lunch. All of these things because even my teachers, and they, they said, Ms. Hannibal, hey, January has been brutal. We had a lot of things going on on our campus and in our district. And I said, you know what? The feeling is nationwide. This is normal, but it's but I don't want you to feel like this is normal. So what do I need to do as the leader? So I say that to say, what are some of the things I know my assignment for principals this week is if you have not talked to the staff member in the last week, whatever staff member that may be, if you have not talked to them, had a conversation with them within the last week, go have a conversation with them this week. And so literally set yourself up to do that. Like if you, whoever you didn't talk to this week, make sure you touch bases with them the next week. And I don't mean like a passing hello, like really go and talk to the people because you would be surprised who's waiting for you to reach out and touch them, say something to them, acknowledge them. And so, um, Jerice, you're at the central office level, but how do you suggest, number one, counselors leave that footprint? And then at the central office level, how do they leave that imprint on campuses? How do they do the same? I definitely, um, well, I'm going to speak from central office first. And because I think that for us at Central Office, we definitely have to come down to the campus level. Um, I think sometimes people feel like, well, hey, you made it all the way to the top and you're over there. And it's like, it's not, you cannot just get over there and sit. We have to be on those campuses. We have to see our teachers. We have to see our administrators, um, as well as even start seeing some of the students. Even though the students don't know who people are from Central Office, but they do know that there's one person on that campus caring about them when you're in the hallway saying, hey, Irvin, get to class. You know, I'm just over here visiting, but I'm still telling you to get to class. And, or take your hoodie off or whatever I'm telling you to do in the hallways and I, you know, and I'm doing it with a smile and I'm happy about it. Right. So I think for central office is just getting on that campus to let the students know that we're there. And then of course, letting those teachers know, um, Luckily, I just like to say every campus in DeSoto that I've gone on with me being at the, for the three middle schools, the students are welcoming, the teachers are welcoming. They're just like, hey, you know, everyone's speaking, they're holding doors open. And so, again, it's just been a, a breath of fresh air, but we got to get on the campuses from the central office level. We cannot just stay there and think that oh, all the problems are going to be solved. Um, and then coming over and then just touching bases, you know, touching bases weekly or whatever with the administrators, if we can find them or, you know, if they're busy roaming the halls and roam the halls, too, and, you know, and kind of see the students and the teachers. So that's from the central office staff. From the counseling standpoint, I would just like to say what has been done in the past, what I've done in the past is we've made this accounting office be this welcome place. And so offering goodies and sweets, if you will, or treats, you know, coming down to the counseling office and um, having them um, pick up sweets and goodies. And at the high school, actually, my first year in DeSoto, they, we did an um, a office treat. And so it was kind of like a trunk or treat, but it was each office had candy for teachers to kind of come by trick or treat, if you will, in the office. So again, maybe not for February, but we can maybe not trick or treat for February, but we can still offer those good sweets and goodies for teachers, faculty, staff in the counseling office and then allow it to be a come and go. But we're making ourselves available, meaning the counselors, to also talk to those teachers and kind of get to know them on a different level as well. Like and so that. that's just the idea as well to do something. And um, I just, I think just being welcoming and just kind of having that open door policy and just kind of like letting everybody come in and, 
and uh, and greeting everyone with a smile, of course, is always works. You know, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, I my pushback for central office that may be listening to this as a middle school principal I didn't think this way at elementary at el- when I was an elementary uh, principal you know I would you know cheese walk around with you you know it is what it is because mm-hmm. it was a little bit different um, but when you come on the campus in middle school I I hope that I'm speaking for all middle school principals but I'm not come in mm-hmm. and help don't come in and get, take up my time. Lunch duty runs this length. Hey, come in and see what lunch duty feel like. Hey, you know, like you said, hey, tell a student, hey, good morning, take the hood off, you know, pull those pants, pull those pants up, whatever. Like get into the moment with us um, because coming in and, you know, wanting to, to meet and, you know, do, and even though those things have to happen too, but it makes the difference to the teachers at middle school, the leadership, the entire staff, when someone comes on the campus and gets in the trenches in the work with us. And so it just makes us feel super special and we love you for it. Anybody that knows me, I'm going to say, hey, hey, hey. Don't ask me to do anything. I don't want to be on nobody's committee. Tell me what you're doing. What does it look like when you come over here to help our kids? Not no, sit, yeah, not just sit and observe and give feedback. Get in the trenches with us. I think that helps so much. No, I think so. And you said it perfectly. And I do agree. Like not coming over just for the meeting. Come over just to come over and walk the halls and help us out. So I definitely agree with you 110%. Yes, to work and be a service for sure. So give them, and I, I hope you remember, give them the three nuggets when checking in with people. You gave them three <laughs> steps, and then we're going to go on break. Okay. All right. Ask those questions. So ask the questions. Remember what they said. Remember whatever the conversation was that they said, him or her mother in the hospital or whatever, and then follow back up, circle back around. All right. And repeat that. Yes. So those three steps, those are very simple. Anybody can do those three steps. So when we come back from break, um, Jerice kind of gave us a hint. I think we're going to talk about um, we're going to do my favorite part of the show. You already know. Thank God a teacher raised me. And it is our old two great educators doing the work. So this time we're going to I got a counselor for today. And Jerice, you can pick whoever you may want. But when we come back from break, we will shout out those two amazing educators. Close out today's show and uh yeah be blessed for the week see you in a bit we're back from break and jerice and i were just talking about um passion and if you are not passionate about education go find your passion somewhere else like i want you to love what you do like real talk the work in education, I know you see the news articles, the Facebook posts, the tweets, all the things that happen in schools. And if this is not your passion, it is going to like drown you. Go find your passion. Like I've been known to help people like, hey, what you want to do? Oh, you want to do real estate? Girl, let me help you get your license because <laughs> this is not for you. And it's okay. Like I want you, right. I love you as a person, but maybe this is not the place that you are supposed to be in this moment of your life. So like passion drives everything. No, agreed. I definitely agree. You are correct. <laughs> and when I think about school counselors, I think about school counselors have to like people, right? So oh, it's kind of like, really? you don't like people, then you don't need to be a school counselor because students pick up on it, teachers pick up on it, and everyone. So, um, but and not just a school counselor, we can take it as far as administrators or anyone that were in education that works with the students. We have to enjoy what we do and be passionate about it for sure. 
Right. And so um, we it is now um, we're going to talk about um, our, my favorite part of the of this show, which is thank God a teacher raised me. And so, Jerice, do you want to go first? You got that person you want to shout out, tell them why you, you know, thank God for them. Um, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll go first, actually. So thank God. Ms. Verna George Mitchell was my first principal in Dallas in the Dallas Independent School District. Um, I remember interviewing with her coming out of AC, coming freshly out of AC. I was 21 years old when I first started, so I was super, super young. Um, thank God I started elementary because I don't know if I would have made it in high school first. But um, and she just she just loves embraced us. She grew us. And so everyone that's kind of been under was under her tenure has they have gone on to do great things in education. And so I definitely thank God for her. Awesome. Um, tell me her name again. Verna Mitchell. And she's a retired retired DIC principal. Verna Mitchell. I feel like somebody else was telling me about the same person like days ago um, at an event. So my person is, and I'm going to take a counselor today. I have been blessed, y'all, to be um, around and like groomed with some amazing people. And so the person that I want to shout out today is school counselor Janet McClung. And like, just to say it, I got like a lump in my throat and I'm about to cry. I don't know where that came from. Um, so I became an educator. I was a behavior unit teacher. Started out brand new, 22, 23 years old. And um, this lady invested in me. Um, she she invested in all the teachers, all the kids. Like she had the pulse of the campus. If somebody was off... You could, she could tell. Um, mm-hmm. She was one of those people that you meet and you're like, you just so freaking cool. Like everybody needs to know everything about you. Um, mm-hmm. She was very intentional with kids. She feed kids, go to houses, home visits, but not just for students, for teachers too. Um, she was so intentional with everything she did as a school counselor. She was very meticulous. Now you didn't play with Miss McClung. Don't play with her. She's very (laughs) meticulous about the job, the role of school counseling. And she knew it. If you either you had it or you didn't. And she don't stay around too many losers. So she's going to tell you, baby, you need to do this, this, and this. And to help you. But she is such an amazing force. Um, she loves old school, neo soul, old school uh, R&B music. And so, and Cheetos, that was her thing. And it didn't take much to make her happy. But when I tell you she would stay at the school Saturdays, Sundays, 8 or 9 o'clock on the weekdays, like doing the work for kids, making an impact. And and a funny story about Miss McClung, she taught guidance, of course, um, as to the students at our school. So my daughter went to the school as well. And she came home and she asked me something. And um, I told her no. She said, well, I learned in guidance today that um, if anyone ever asks no, I need to say, if anyone ever says no, I need to ask why. And I was like, wait a minute, you in the first grade who told you this? Like, this is going to get beat down, girlfriend. <laughs> and so um, I went back to school the next day and I was like, Ms. McClung, what you doing? Kennedy is asking why every time I tell her no to something. 
And she said, well, you need to give her a response of why you're saying no. Just don't leave it at a blanketed no. You know, make sure she understands why you told her no. So Miss McClunk also did parenting lessons as well. Uh, <laughs> she's a phenomenal educator. And I just believe in giving people like their props while I still can. I love her dearly. So again, thank God for Janet McClung. Woo! Yes. yes. So okay. as we close out the show, um, I, I spoke earlier before I even um, got Jerice on the conversation, which is knowing your brand. And so Jerice told me that she does not have a Twitter account for you guys to reach out to her on. I am super upset with Jerice at this moment. <laughs> Jer- Jerice is working on her principal certification. She's a master counselor already. And she said, well, I got somebody who's going to help me do my Twitter account. I said, ma'am, <laughs> this is not a website you build in. This is not a business. This is just <laughs> creating a Twitter page. So Jerice does not have one as of yet. But Ms. Johnson if they wanted to reach you, how could they get in to contact you? What's your email? How do they, you have a bird call, a pager number. What do you do? I do have an email address and I am working on the Twitter. And so hopefully by your next podcast, I can at least get you that information. If you want to go back and give it to your, uh, your listeners. But my email address is Jerice, my first name, J-E-R-E-E-S-E dot Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N at DeSotoISD.org. Okay. And do you have like a professional, personal email? Oh, I do. Yes. I'm sorry. It will be the same thing, Johnson at gmail.com. Okay. Awesome. I, I was kind of concerned that you were going to give me a beeper number here. No, no, ma'am. So I say this to everybody out there, get you some kind of... The, Look, the, the what we're teaching our kids right now is planning and preparing them for jobs that don't exist. And I'm pretty sure technology is in that bucket. So get on the technology, Miss Johnson, please. I will. I will. And you guys all know how to reach me, um, unapologeticallyeducated at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at unapologeticallyeducated. I have enjoyed having you on the show Um, in honor of school counselors week. I salute you for the work you do for people. It is oftentimes I feel hard to be the sponge for others. And so school counselors are that. And so I thank you for the work that you do with counselors, the work you've done with students and teachers um, to, you know, listen to them, protect them, help and grow and nurture them. So I thank you so much for being on the show and for the work you do. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime, Ms. Annabelle. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll see you soon. And thank you so much again. Thank you for tuning in to uh, this week's episode of Unapologetically Educated. Um, I enjoyed having Jerice Johnson, the counselor extraordinaire, on the show. Um, but I, I want to talk about branding yourself. Um, my quote for the week, my reflection is I appreciate the position, but I am always planning my promotion. 
And so whether you say you want to stay in the classroom forever, be a school principal forever, you should always want to grow and promote yourself. There's nothing wrong about saying, hey, this is something that I do really well and streamlining what you do really well. Um, I also say that to say, going into interviews now, people are checking social media before they look at your resume. And you want to make sure that that social media page, whatever you present to people is your best. On that same um, coin or that same token, I want you to think about it like this. A lot of times as leaders, and it's almost hiring season, we sit in interviews and we listen to people tell us, tell us how amazing they are. But it's, this is the season of show me what you've done. So, yes, you know how to do um, the graduate release model. Yes, you, you, you know how to build rapport with kids. Where is the evidence of that? So as a school leader, like I'm telling anybody out there, going into job interviews, what is the evidence of your effectiveness? Let me say that them two E's again. What is the evidence of your effectiveness? Be blessed and have an amazing week.